This is day four together of our look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this great good news chapter of the Bible. And in verse 35, which we're going to begin at today, Paul begins to talk about the question they're struggling with. He's just argued for the truth of the resurrection. And now he begins to get into it even more deeply, what they struggle with. In verse 35, he says, But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? In this verse, he's showing us that they're getting caught up in the details. And someone is destroying their faith by saying, well, you can't explain everything that's going to happen. And because you can't explain it all, or because you can't think out all that's going to happen, maybe you shouldn't believe it at all. Well, I'm fine with the fact that God knows more than I do. But even in these verses, Paul is indicating they're struggling with the fact that in the resurrection, they're thinking they're going to come out with some kind of body that's going to be just as miserable as these bodies that we have right now, just as decaying as these bodies that we have right now. Who'd want that kind of a resurrection? We've read through this chapter and we found first the truth that the resurrection is what makes the good news good. And second, we looked at the truth that the resurrection is what makes your faith real. In this third section of the chapter, Paul talks about the fact that the resurrection makes the perishable imperishable. The resurrection changes everything. It's not just the same going on and on and on. It's change that we're looking forward to. They argue that the resurrection didn't make sense because who would want to live in a frail body like this for all of eternity? Paul says, you don't understand the resurrection. And he teaches us in these verses some crucial truths about the bodily resurrection, the resurrection of your physical body. These are the clearest verses in all of the Bible about the resurrected bodies that you and I are going to have for all eternity. Paul begins to talk about what that resurrected body is like, and he gives us some truths to hang on to. First, he says, that which you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. And there he's picturing the body we have now, but also the body that we're going to have someday. Listen to what he says in verses 36 to 41. He's just asked, with what kind of body will they come? Like somebody just like now? Verse 36, Paul says, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And stars differ from star in splendor. As Paul walks through these verses, he's walking through their confusion. And they're confused thinking that uh, the body we have now is going to be the body we have for all of eternity. And Paul says, no, you need to get an entirely different picture. He says, picture the body you have now as a seed. And out of that seed, when it dies, and it has to die in order to be planted, a seed has to die. Out of that body that's a seed, God's going to create the resurrected body that you're going to have for all eternity, even as he did with the body of Christ. You remember Jesus' physical body. It died on the cross. He died on the cross. That body was placed in a tomb. When they went back to that tomb, the body had disappeared. Why? The seed had been planted and been resurrected. Now, that hasn't happened to any of us yet. We'll talk about when that happens in just a moment but it will happen. It's guaranteed to happen. Look, Paul says it nature. The seed that is sown doesn't resemble the plant that grows, but the fact that you sow a seed guarantees a plant's going to grow. Our bodies are mere seeds of the glorified bodies that God's going to give us. And, and he goes through and he says, don't think you can understand this. 
heavenly bodies, earthly bodies, they look different. Don't think you can totally understand, but it's going to grow into something that is glorious, a glorified body, the scripture calls it. Now, what is that seed going to grow into? What is that glorified body going to look like? Well, verses 42 to 44 give us the briefest of pictures. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Paul walks through and he pictures for us the resurrected body. Sown a perishable body, one that's dying. But what's raised is imperishable. He's saying there that death is defeated. That we're not going to live in a body for all of eternity that's getting worse and worse, winding down and down. That's the only experience we have now after we become adults. But that's not going to be what it's like in eternity. It's an imperishable body. Sown in dishonor. Your body, as you get older, you feel more and more dishonor in that body. But it's going to be raised in glory. It's a glorified body. Death is defeated and sin is, is vanquished. We're going to live in glory, in the glory of God for all eternity. Do I know exactly what a glorified body looks like? No, I don't. I, I know that Jesus had a glorified body. And I know that glorified body, it looked like a human body. I mean, when they saw Jesus, they saw hands and they saw feet. They saw a head. They saw a mouth talking. So it's not some strange new thing. It is something like our body looks like now, but glorified. Glorified in ways that are above and beyond our understanding. So we're not talking about some science fiction transformation where you become something different. We're talking about God taking what you are now. And the idea of glorified is perfect, perfectly connected to God. It's sown in weakness, he says. It's raised in power. The weakness that I feel in my body now, in all of eternity, I'm going to instead feel power in that body. Sickness is gone. There's no more sickness. There's no more death in eternity. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. New life is ours. Now, he's very clear here and in other places in the scripture that this spiritual body doesn't mean it's not also physical. It is a material body, but it's spiritually connected to God in the ways that we're meant to be connected to God, in the ways that we're meant to be connected from the Garden of Eden all the way until now. now as Paul talks about this, this body that God's going to give to us, what he's going to do in all of eternity, he says you need to understand and be patient. There is an order to this. One of the questions we have is, why don't we have this glorified body now? He says, in the plan of God, and I certainly don't totally understand the plan of God, but in the plan of God, there's an order to this. First, there was the earthly and then the heavenly. Verses 45 to 50, here's what he says. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And is as the man from heaven, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. These are amazing verses as Paul walks through this. In one sense, he's saying, look at yourself. Look at your body. He says, first came Adam. And Adam, in one sense, is the father of us all. In one sense, he's the spiritual father of us all. Also, because in his sin, Adam and Eve's sin, you and I have seen ourselves stained 
by the inevitability of sin in our own lives. First came Adam, the father of our natural life, and then came Jesus, who he calls the second Adam here, in quotes, the father of our spiritual life. And the truth he's saying here is, look at yourself, look at your body. Just like Adam looked, that's how you look. The sin that Adam struggled with, that's what you struggle with. It has stained your life. It has marked your life. And he's saying, now you know Jesus. And because you know Jesus, just as certain as the fact that Adam's life has influenced, affected your life, you can be just as certain that the life of Jesus will infect and affect your life. I declare to you, brothers, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. It's not Adam's life that we're looking forward to. It's Jesus's life that we're looking forward to in all eternity. So that's why he says in this awesome verse, verse 49, you have borne the likeness of the earthly man. You see that, don't you? Paul is saying. You can see that, that you look like Adam. He says, just as sure as that, you're gonna bear the likeness of Jesus. That's how certain you can be. The fact that all of human history has borne out the likeness of Adam, not just physically, but also spiritually in our disconnection from God and our struggle with sin. That fact guarantees us that in all eternity, you and I are gonna bear out the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. Just as we have the image of the earthly, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. What you see now, he's saying, is not what's to come. What you see now is an assurance in a great way that something entirely different is on the way because Jesus came and Jesus died, and Jesus was resurrected. And in that resurrection, you see the promise of something new for all of eternity. As we pray together today, let's pray about our own bodies, these earthly bodies that God has given to us, and how we see them. Jesus, as we look at ourselves, it's easy for us to see these bodies as just something that holds us back, something to be discarded when we go on to be with you in heaven. But the truth is, the truth is that they are a seed. That in some way you're going to take of this physical body and resurrect out of this body the eternal body that you have for us, the glorified body. And just as Jesus' body was resurrected, it wasn't discarded. It, it didn't just disappear. It was resurrected out of that tomb. You're going to resurrect our bodies. As we pray together today, it's a good reminder that we've looked at that these bodies, they are headed for a resurrection. We live in a time right now when we're looking at the weakness of our bodies, the potential sickness of our bodies. But the truth of you and everyone who knows Jesus Christ is these bodies are headed for a resurrection one day. So let's pray in hope. Lord, thank you for your resurrection. And thank you that your resurrection gives us a certain hope of the resurrection even of these bodies. So help us not to look at these bodies as just something we carry around as baggage in this world. Help us instead to see that you want to build, even out of these bodies and the spirit you've given to us through your Holy Spirit, new life and new hope that's going to come in the resurrection. Help us to be people of the resurrection this week. Help us to let people know the resurrection hope in everything we do, everything we say. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow, hang on, the last verses of this chapter, Paul reveals the great mystery of God's plan.